in challenging times in our lives, we might just want to curl up into a ball and compress ourselves and hide from how everything feels. But actually, the greater solution is to open up and express and tap into our emotions and tap into our subconscious and get creative and feel our feelings and just notice what's happening and what's arising within us. And we're going to have a great episode today about the power, the healing power of creativity. I had this experience myself when 9-11 happened and my feeling on it was I needed to do something. I needed to do something to make it right. And there was something, you couldn't do anything to make it right. What could you do? It already happened and it was terrible. And it was, it was just an awful experience, but I had to do something. And so I, I created this giant art quilt and I, I sought squares for the art quilt from all these different people. I had 30 people contributed a square to this art quilt, expressing our compassion and our love and our feelings about 9-11. And, and it was given to the fire department, one of the fire departments in New York City where it hangs today. And that experience was so powerful for me. And so I already know that you're going to love this episode, The Power of Creativity with Larissa Russell. Come get your healing from the founder of Creative You Healing. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show, Soul Nectar Show. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar, Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to CarrieHummingbird.com. K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see you at our our next tribe tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves and others and this planet and what we're doing here and what's happening to us at this time of the Great Awakening. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love these conversations. It lights me up to come on with various people who are on their own path of discovery and to see how our insights are so similar oftentimes, especially getting more and more that way as we wake up. We awaken to the one source that we are all sprung from, and uh, we realize that we are really, truly are all connected. It's a beautiful thing. And today we're going to be talking about creativity and how creativity can really help us to get through challenging times. And I know that uh, today is, uh, this, this broadcast is going on on September 11th, and so that's a day definitely in the hearts of many people worldwide, that experience of 
you know, just destruction that happened that brought us together in a way that helped us to open our hearts. And I feel like we're entering times where we'll have many more opportunities to open our hearts. And so today to discuss with us is creativity and, and healing through creativity is Larissa Russell. Welcome, Larissa. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So glad you're here. So Larissa is an international best-selling author, speaker, artist, coach, and healer. She's the founder of Creative You Healing, an online coaching and learning platform that helps women step into their authenticity with the help of creativity. She's also the host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast that interviews creatives, healers, and people who have healed with the help of creativity. And I'm, I'm on there. I'll put a link in the show notes to the episode of mine on Larissa's show. And so Larissa, I would just love to know, how did you get started realizing the creative power of healing? Well, honestly, it was using it myself. That was the beginning. Like I've always been a creative person. However, I'd struggled with depression on and off most of my life. And about seven, eight years ago now, I had a very bad bout of depression that almost took my life. And I realized I couldn't rely solely on our healthcare system. Now, I am in Canada, a little bit different than the American healthcare system, but still, when it comes to mental health, not, not the best. And so I realized that I needed to do something different. And it started with journaling. I started to journal and really dig into what I was feeling and how that was happening. And from that then came painting and then moving into different creative modalities to help release and look at different things that were an issue for me and then move through those. And so after doing that for a few years, I realized how much work I had done to heal myself and started to share that work with others. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yes. It's interesting because we have the experience first, right? Like we're just drawn and called to express or draw, called to create some art or called to express through journaling or something like that. And then we realize after why, right? Like it's the why is after, then how is this helping me? And so years later, like a decade later, I'm realizing I'm researching this uh, Gene Keys, which is a technology for understanding yourself, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S. And in one of the Gene Keys, it talks about the shadow of obscuring things. And that shadow obscures our right brain. And it keeps us locked in this left brain, literal, physical understanding of ourselves and away from the sort of muse, so to speak, that artists access, this creative insight, this inspiration, and that all flows through the right brain. So what you're saying makes perfect sense for me because as we open up the right brain, as part of this Gene Key is talking about, we step into idealism and in idealism, like we start to access something greater than ourselves and life gets lighter and easier, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And when we look at Creativity in our uh, society, in our culture, it is very much a mm, not valued, right? It's something, you know, unless you make it really big, a celebrity, creativity is not considered something you can make a living off of. It's a waste of time because it's not productive. And a lot of that also comes from the patriarchal system that we have, which I'm not beating up. I just want to be clear. I'm not beating up men. But there is a masculine energy behind the patriarchal system that has clouded how we look at things. And so 
we have lost a lot of our creativity that is so required in all aspects of life because it's not productive. It doesn't earn us an income. It doesn't give us something tangible that we can prove to others it's got value. And so that's that's a huge part of it as well. And and it's so important for our healing. Yeah, it's it's something that I think kept me sane. Like I said, you don't really realize it till after. But I always wanted to be a professional artist ever since I took my first art class in college. And so I was busy learning how to be an artist and taking classes every week, even though I had a like nine to five, you know, like nine to nine high tech job in Silicon Valley, you know, working my butt off and doing technical subjects during the day and then taking like three hours on a Wednesday to go paint with my teacher and getting up early in the morning before work to paint. And it's like, I kept that channel open and I feel like that actually made it easier for me when it was time for my awakening because that channel was open and I was getting insights and information. Now, I was had also has access to my emotions, right? Which I think is also tied into this whole right brain experience and the unlocking of that creative center, which is all about flow, emotions, water, creativity, inspiration, archetypal images from the past. You know, we don't even know where these images come from, but they come from the collective subconscious. You know, it's very Jungian in terms of psychology. So that's why I think what you're saying is right on. You know, it's like working in those creative spaces unleashes this flood of imagery that then as we're working the canvas or we're working the clay or we're singing the song, that it's actually healing us in some way at a deep level. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it, right? Because we can release our emotion into whatever we're creating. And that could be a garden. It could be baking. Creativity is in everything we do, but we stifle it so much because of its lack of value. And so when we allow ourselves that creativity to express, and then if we actually put intention behind what we're expressing and really start to dig in and allow that emotion out and actually invite it in, that is hugely life-changing for, for healing. So it's kind of like shifting the perspective of which we come to the creativity, right? So I came to it saying, I'm going to be a professional artist and I'm going to like make money at this and because this is what I love. And I had no idea that my soul was like, no, you're going to be a shamanic healer and you're going to be a spiritual mentor. <laughs> I didn't know that back then. I just knew I was called. I was like, well, I love this and I really don't like technology and I really don't like sitting there all that dry, tasky stuff, you know, and not going to use my left brain all day long is boring and challenging to sit in a seat and at a computer under fluorescent lights. So when we get this opportunity to open up this creative side, it's like so liberating, right? Even if it's only for us. And I think that's really the medicine you're speaking to. It's not for other people. It's for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can share it like I can, I mean, that's an amazing feeling. But ultimately, I work with people, uh, women especially, who just need it to heal their, their own selves, right? To feel better, more authentic, healthier, be able to move through their life in ways that they're interested in. And that's become more happier with that. So I think the most interesting thing is where we start when we meet our creativity is usually around other people's, being concerned about other people's opinions of it, right? Or their judgments of it. So that can really block the flow of create, just creating something if you're worried about it not coming out pretty or you know pleasing for other people. That's kind of where we start creativity, but 
when we go through the process and we keep working that magic, where we end up is realizing that there's like magic in the mess. And that magic is you as you like meet the canvas or you meet the song or you meet whatever. And you just keep working through the frustration of it and the feeling of like, it's not what I want. It's not like doing what I want, you know, and then just let it work you. It's actually like something else far greater happens through that process. That's so true because one of the biggest things I I say, well, one of the things that I say all the time is it's not the finished product, it's the process. Right? It doesn't matter what it looks like. How did it make you feel? What came out in it? And I do a lot of projects with people where it might end up a huge mess or they might end up loving it. But it's we dig then into how did it make you feel to create that? How did it make you feel to express in that way? How did it make you feel to do you know all of those sort of things? Because that's the important part. If you're creating you know something for selling, that's a completely different thing. And I think one of the biggest problems we've had is, you know, our school systems mark art, right? So we give people a mark based on creativity and it stifles the creativity because we want it to look a certain way, right? Teachers who say, well, trees can't be purple. Well, I have a purple maple. Of course they can be purple, but our expectation in school is it's going to be green leaves, brown trunk, and they all look the same. So creativity is not a part of our art classes, right? Technique is what we're teaching in our art classes, not creativity. And that has done so much damage to the self-esteem of people trying to create, to their value around creating. And so if I can't do it perfectly, I shouldn't do it at all. No, you absolutely should be doing it all the time. Whatever type of creativity makes you happy, do it and do more of it. And eventually you might get really great at it or you might not because you decide you want to do something else, right? But the whole process is the important part, not the finished product. So important. Oh, that's just so beautiful. And yes, it's very complimentary to this study that I've been doing about people's consciousness with the sacred, because I really believe that creativity accesses the sacred within us and the sacred all around us. And it's so funny because I've been studying how did like, how, what's the evolution of Christian thought, you know? So I've been looking into that and I discovered, cause I'm not programmed by any of that. So it's just a curiosity of mine, you know, cause I see it all around me, but it's not part of my personal matrix. So what's interesting is that it's all based on literalism. Since pretty much at the very beginning of the Christian movement, there was the Gnostics and there was this idea of like philosophy and it's like their mystery and you're opening to the mystery and you're just exploring the mystery. And it's all about, you know, archetypes and themes and metaphors and paradoxes and, you know, all the things that I love, you know, that are part of my existence. And then it turned into this like dogmatic literalist thing where they actually invented a Jesus. Now, I hope I'm not like totally upsetting anybody out there right now, but where they they invented the story of Jesus, like as if it was a literal birth and a literal death and all this kind of stuff. But actually it started off as a mythology. It started off as a story that they would teach through as the everyman, you know, like we are all in some way, this Jesus everyman. So this like literalist thing is what shuts down access to the sacred. It's what makes it narrow, focused, hard, and impenetrable almost. And so you have to be able to get through that 
by opening up the mess, allowing it to not be perfect. Yeah, you really do. And one of the one of the programs that I teach right now is called Awakening. And it's about awakening your feminine divine. And, and one of those things is about getting back in touch with those things, those divine parts of us, those sacred parts of us, and allowing that feminine energy to be a part of us because we have stifled it so much with the society that we live in, the masculine energy. And I'm talking about energies, not men and women. I'm talking about energies. And the masculine energy has been very controlling, powerful. Yes, you could say controlling, but it it definitely has been, there's been an unbalance, right? And so that feminine energy has really been pushed down and not valued, but we need the balance of both energies, right? And so that sacredness of of both parts of the masculine and feminine to come together and balance would allow us to just, oh, imagine the things we could do if we had a balance like that, right? And so I'm working with women to start to bring balance to their own selves so that they can then move forward in their part of the world and bring balance in maybe their families and, and their communities and, and work outwards from there. And the surprising thing is when all of this information of how to bring this program to life was, I call it download downloading, when it was downloaded to me, within a week, I saw so many other course creators and healers doing the exact same thing with the exact same message. And so this shows me the, the how important this is right now to bring this forward so that we can start to heal, right? Heal our whole global world, but small pockets at a time, right? And feel that energy shift. Oh gosh, what that's raising up for me is, yes, it's like we have turned into this society of spectators and like a few brave, courageous people go and live. And then we sit in our armchairs, armchair quarterbacking, watching it on TV or listening to the song or going to the art gallery and like judging it, you know, like, do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I celebrate it? Do I not celebrate it? And we become like a society of spectators. And what What I think you're really trying to say is like, stop being a spectator and get in the game. Be your own creator. Absolutely. And you see this, you know, well, I see it in my own life as an online entrepreneur, I left a government job to do this. And because it was, I had such a passion and I needed to help other people heal. My mother-in-law is sure I'm going to, you know. It's like, no, how, how, what about your pension? What about, you know, all of those things? What about, and other people are like, you know, they think of it as a hobby and it's like, no, this is, this is my life. And I made a conscious decision to move forward. And just as I am with the healing work that I I do for my own self, every day I work on my own self and I make a conscious decision to be in the game as opposed to sitting you know, on the sidelines. And so I do want to work with people who want to be in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's courageous to to step out of being told that you don't have what it takes to go direct to, to your source or your inspiration or your muse, because there's always been this intermediary, like this person's a guru, this person's the artist, this person's the one that, you know, that interfaces and you just get to sit back and spectate on it. Or, you know, try to learn from their assessment. And what I'm feeling at this time is like that that model is deconstructing 
And now it's more like, no, no, no. You tune in yourself to your version of download, to your version of inspiration, to your particular muse, to your soul, to your beingness, to the planet and how it's moving through you. And you express from your heart what's going on for you and that you appreciate it. (laughs) Like yourself, you know? And stop worrying about what everybody else thinks, right? (laughs) If you, if this is feeding your soul, then you're absolutely on the right path. And start to pay attention. Like we work on intuition and, you know, listening to those messages that we get because it's so important. And I have to say, I spent many years studying different paths from organized religion right through shamanism and many other paths, right? Sort of a whole range. And I stepped away a few years ago from all of it. I guess I kept a toe in it, but I never really like was like listening wasn't listening, right? I spent probably the last few years um, not listening. And I had a, a good friend, one of my best friends, uh, pass away last year. And she was a shaman. And she uh, was a guru in our community. And ever since then, I have talked to her, it feels like almost daily. And we fought a lot at first because I was like shoving it away. But I recognized after a while of starting to listen, how important to have that aspect of being open to spirit is. And I, even before when I was studying, I'm not so sure that I, I really understood that until it was like shoved in my face, if you will. And so now I try to do it in a gentler way for other people. Cause I'm one of those people who has to be hit in the head with a two by four before I start to pay attention. But I think it's so important that we start to listen, right? Because yes, we don't have to hear it from somebody else it might open some doors for us but we don't we don't need somebody else to tell us how to do something we don't need somebody else to tell us the right way because there is no right way there is your way and spirit universe god whatever you want to call it is going to point you in in your way which is the right way for you so if you start to listen you can start to move towards that. And listening is the most important part in all of this. And one of the ways I do that is through art, right? When you create and you start to get rid of the chatter and you allow that, we start with basics of intuition and you all of a sudden pick up a color. Oh, that's not going to go. Don't pay attention to that. That's the color you picked up, right? And it's so allowing that space and then something magical happens. And it might not be a magical piece of art as in something you could sell, but then you start to see little things in your art, like a symbol that comes out to you or like, why is there an octopus on there? And then you find out an octopus means this and and that just means everything to you. So it's that starting to listen that allows us to move forward into our own best life because we're following our path the way we're supposed to. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Actually, like I said, back to the gene keys, because I'm doing all this inquiry into understanding the, the sort of archetypes of energies or structures that were our consciousness is guided by and that are up at this time for our support as we evolve into 
what I like to call homo luminous um, from my teacher, Alberto Vialdo. You know, we're getting this opportunity to embody our divinity and to be conscious co-creators on the earth at this time. Mm -hmm. And so this shadow of obscurity, like you're talking about, like it's obscured because the left brain is so chattery, right? That masculine left brain is just like chitter, chitter, chatter, chatter, chatter. There's like no quiet. There's Mm -hmm. no space. And then when you start to move through that shadow of obscurity and you open up the, the gift of idealism, you open up magical realism. <laughs> and magical realism is where all of the images start to flood into your brain, archetypal images into your senses, into your brain, into your reality, kind of like dreaming all the time. You start to have this sensation like you're always dreaming, like you're just in a new dream, even though you're waking you're walking around awake, but you're in a dream. It's a dream state. It's not a hard end reality thing. It's a dream state. And you're in this dream state. And like you said, the symbols come out. So art can create those dream states. They create that kind of trance state that you can access the right brain and all of its that it has to share with us. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate thing that it's doing is it's leading us to the light because that's the highest frequency is the light. So when you start to realize that the way you thought reality was, was actually obscuring the highest truth of light that you could possibly be, you get very eager to unlock this magical realism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you really do. And one one of the things that I, I'm just off this um, topic, something you said just triggered this thought in my mind. And when we are sharing of information and we are bringing forth what has come for us, right? It comes in different ways for different people. And so you're going to, you know, resonate with other, like with some people more than other people. You might all have the same message. You might all be heading in the same direction, but some people are meant to be in your circle and some people aren't. And so what I like to, I, I do a lot of collaborative work with people because I think this is so important for people to find who they resonate with, right? whose energy they need in their circle, always keeping it in that positive uh, forward direction. And I think when we are open to accepting the light, I think I really like that, that term. I hadn't really thought about it that way because we all do think, you know, a little bit differently. And, but when we're open to that, it allows us to move forward in, I want to say cohesive energy, right? And so we see that collective, but sometimes there's like little pockets of different collective. Does that make sense? And then that allows the larger collective to grow more energy. And so I'm always trying to collaborate with people to allow people to find who they need to work with to be able to to move forward for their own selves. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all, you know, I love this. um, I don't remember who said it, but we're in a one school, one room classroom with all ages represented from like babies all the way up through masters. And we're all in the same place (laughs) and we all learn our lessons. So it's like actually kind of magical how that all unfolds. And so, yeah. And, you know, there's some people who are meant to be in in a literalist view of the world, right? They're meant to hold Mm -hmm. that literalist view of the world and, and that's right for them, you know? So if it's being challenged, it's like, no, that's, that's the way it is. You know, it could get very, very anchored into that perspective. And there's other ones of us that are meant to be kind of being able to be fluid around different perspectives. And so, you know, so whatever, however the creativity 
is expressing for you, it's actually perfect for you. So some people are realist painters, right? I've never been a realist painter. I cannot do it. It doesn't work for me. (laughs) I'm a magical realism painter. I paint magical. I paint trees that look like women, you know, naked women. I mean, I'm just, I think that the, the divine is expressing through each of us in a way that really speaks to us. And like you said, there's no right way and it's all correct. You know, everybody's whatever way of what someone's doing is perfect for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I think the biggest thing for me is to, it's that openness, right? And yes, there are people who are incapable. It's not their life journey to be open. However, I need to surround myself with people who are to be able to direct the energy. And so I do try very hard to allow people their space in their closed little boxes. Um, But I don't, I don't need that in my life because mine is in an open direction where I help people open up to more. And so I want to allow everyone the space to do what they need to do. And I do absolutely think everybody's here for a different reason right now. However, the people in my world are, are all open to pretty much everything, maybe in small doses, but growing, learning, learning from each other, expanding, that sort of thing. So yes, it's so important to me. Yeah. And it's when you're in the open expanding part, when you're really willing to open yourself and you're willing to heal and you are seeking to feel more freedom and more spaciousness, then this creativity experience is one way to really unlock that because you're accessing, like we said, as you start to use your right brain, you start to create art or express yourself through some, any one of those creative right brain things, you know, singing, or you could just cry, you know, I mean, emotions are all part of this too. You know, what happens is that then you enter into that opening space where things are just going to happen to release, right? They're just going to, if you allow it to like pick up the color, like you said, and oh, that color is not going to go. Oh, well, maybe it is. And you just don't know, or maybe you're going to start the painting one way and then you're going to be called to paint completely over it. Mm -hmm. And you go, I just created this entire painting and now I have to paint over it. And that feels terrible to me. But maybe that in itself, that act of like distraction is what you need right now in order to reconstruct, right? So it gets kind of deep when you start thinking about it that way. Oh, it absolutely does. And I often will direct people into some of those situations, right? Creation and destruction to create again things like that, and um, expressing specific emotions, which when you stop to think about is a really difficult thing to do, but setting that space so that they can just feel and then express on the, on the page, right? And then always checking in. That's a really important part for me is the written part, because that's that checking in of how do I really feel, right? What is happening for me right now? So that we start to connect with our emotions again. We are so disconnected from our emotions a lot because there's only certain emotions that are acceptable. Many emotions are put on women as being who they are, hysteria, crying all the time. You're always sad, you know, those different things. But every emotion is accessible to all of us and necessary. They're there for different reasons. And so if we can start to connect with those emotions, understand those emotions, and then be able to move through the emotions as opposed to just stopping them in their tracks like we are taught to do, then 
it's a much healthier place to be, but also allows us to move through, move through whatever we need to move through and not stop us from living ultimately. Yeah. And experiencing our life force, because when we don't experience our emotions, they end up manifesting in the body as disease, which is dis-ease. It's, it's lack of balance. And I can definitely attest to that huge Texas grapefruit size cyst on my right ovary, it, leaving my 20-year relationship where I was trying to stifle everything and avoid conflict. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Didn't work for me, you know? So I've learned that not feeling pills are not exactly the best solution, you know, for emotions. It's more like we have to recognize the suppression of the feminine energies, right? And also the suppression of the feminine bodies too, mm -hmm. and the feminine emotions. So all of that mm -hmm. and realize that when someone's being controlled, suppressed, and, you know, sort of constrained or even punished, their sort of reaction is uh, very different than when they're being loved and supported and uh, appreciated and celebrated. So we also need to look at the overall fish tank, so to speak, of which we've been dwelling in to mm -hmm. see what's the overall level of celebration, appreciation, embrace, allowing, accepting that's going on in our culture, in our family, in our groups where we are and in our lives that are leading us to react the way we're reacting. Yeah. And that's, that's a really important part because our cultural expectations come from that masculine energy, right? And so emotions, intuition, creativity, you know, those sort of things are not accepted. They're not revered like they should be. And so as we stifle those things, right? We see the damage that it's caused and we see how it shuts people down, men and women, like, cause this is an energy. So men and women are shut down in different, different ways. Women need that feminine energy. Men need it too, but in a different way, right? And so the anger and the violence and things that we're seeing is that unbalance in the masculine energy in men typically. And so we all need the balance, but you're right. Like our culture does not accept to the feminine uh, requirements, needs that are there. And so it, it is causing a lot of damage. So that's one of the things I work with is to allow that and give a safe space for that to happen. Yeah. And there's also no skipping steps. So I learned that on my journey, you know, mm -hmm. of avoiding conflict, trying to make peace by avoiding conflict. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not possible to be healthy and do that. That's called being a pleaser or fawning, things like that, which a lot of women do, right? Because it's like a programming. So it's like important to allow yourself to get messy and be, be in a space where it's okay to be messy and to be and to realize and be in a space where you are loved and appreciated no matter how messy you are, <laughs> no matter how messy, no matter how many much snot is running down your face from so many tears, no matter if you're angry and you're like just fuming, you know, with this steam coming out, no matter what, that you're perfect. It's all perfect and part of your process and it's all welcome. And we need those spaces where it's all welcome, where the expression and the creativity is all welcome. Absolutely. And that, I mean, internally, yes, we need that space to be messy, but externally too, Right. If you think about the pressure we put on women 
to have that perfect house and have the perfect children and all of those things. Life is not like that, right? I have a daughter with three kids on a farm. She's trying to keep her house clean. I'm like, why? Why are you trying to keep your house clean? Like, just let let that go. You've got three kids, you know, like they're home for the summer. But it's, it's exactly like that. But also then who do you talk to about that? Because you're expected to be a certain way as a woman. You're expected to behave a certain way, keep a certain home, all of those things. So then who do you talk to? Because everybody else is keeping up the image of having it all together. You feel like you're all alone because you don't have it all together. Meanwhile, none of us have it all together. So internally, externally, all of that, and we put so much pressure on ourselves to fit into a world that none of us fit into. Which is the literalist world. I mean, that's that's the literalist world. It's like step B, step C, step C, D, and then you're there. And that life is not like that. <laughs> So. There's a whole lot of squiggly lines that go in there and you might go A, B, C, F. Oh, wait, I forgot D and, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this gets back to the, you know, one of the, one of the beautiful things, beautiful things about artistic expression is that it's uniquely yours. It's, it's you, it's your unique expression. And to trust that, you know, and to not need it to conform with somebody else's idea of beauty or somebody else's painting. You know, I remember being in college and, and drawing the, the, you know, still lives or drawing the naked figure and things like that. And, and then, you know, I'm looking at other people's going, oh, theirs is so much better than mine, you know, and doing that comparison thing. And it's like, I just had to finally, I had great art teachers who were like, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Stop doing that. Focus on you, focus on what's coming through you, work on your mastery, work on your interpretation, work on loving what you're creating through your hands and your mind and your heart and stop worrying about what other people are doing and comparing yourself. And I think we could all take a lesson from that in not only with our art, but just our whole life, right? Like everything. Absolutely. It is so important. Stop comparing ourselves to to other people. And, And that's one of the reasons I love the art journal because it's private. You can share it if you want, but you can create whatever messes you want, just playing or just, you know, trying something new, just allowing yourself a safe space to create that you don't have to share anyone you share with anyone. You you know, it's not going to be sold. You don't, because that's another thing we, we feel like if we're creating, we must sell and no, we need to create to heal. So we don't need, we don't need to sell what we do. We can, but we don't need to. And so that art journal allows that sort of like you close the book and nobody needs to see it. And it allows you to express in whatever way you want to. Yeah, that desire to sell it has, because I experienced that in my, also in my time. Mm -hmm. And that is driven by a need to be productive. And that's, that also is another masculine energy of being productive. And it also has this really deep seated need for approval and like, it's like self-worth, you know? So mm-hmm. take a look at those things too, if you're listening back to this and, you know, just kind of ask yourself, why are you doing the things that you're doing? And is that the reason, the intention you desire to have beneath the action? Because maybe if we rewire it and we really see what art is here for, as Larissa is saying, it could be that artistic expression is actually here 
to help us to access those subconscious things that Carl Jung accessed through his teachings and actually do it through the medium of art and, and heal through that, heal our ancestry, heal ourselves, heal our past lives through this artistic medium, through the right brain. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it, right? Our masculine energy that's in our, in our um, society has definitely made it so that it has to be productive. But really, creativity in whatever form. We do a lot of um, you know painting and mixed media, things like that. But creativity in any form. I love spreadsheets. It's one of my favorite things. I create spreadsheets all the time. I color code them. It's just so much fun. People think I'm crazy. But you know, we create in different ways for different things that work for us. And when we limit ourselves, whether it, it has to look a certain way or it has to be creativity, like you don't have to write a, a best-selling book or create a masterpiece or play in a symphony, right? You could just pick up an instrument because you love it. You don't have to be good at it, right? You can just play it because you love it. And, and whatever the creative outlet is for you doesn't have to be better than anybody else. It has to be what you need. And that's it. That's it. Ah, oh, so beautiful, Larissa. Clearly a woman who has done her inner shadow work and found an outlet to share it with others. Beautiful, beautiful gift that you give from your heart and from all that hard work that you did on yourself and with yourself to love yourself and express yourself. So please, everyone, you know, definitely share this out and share it with other people. I want to ask you, um, Larissa, do you have a, a way for people to get started with you or something you want to invite them to? Uh, yeah, so Creative You, we, well, we have a number of things. So we always have summits going on. We have our five best healing with creativity practices that you can find on our website. I think you might have the link. And uh, so, but there's just, come over to our website, www.creativeu, that's the letter U, healing.com, where I am in Canada. So we also have www.creativeu, that's the letter U, .ca. All goes to the same place, a website full of all sorts of free resources, different programming. We host summits uh, where we bring in other people because I love to collaborate so that we can all find who we need in our life. And yeah, that's oh, where you can find me. Gorgeous. Thank you so much for the service that you do in the world to help others at this time of the Great Awakening. So appreciate you. Um, definitely go check her out. I'll also put the link to my podcast, my episode of her podcast, um, which again is the Soul Healing Podcast. And uh, check her out. All right, here come the kisses, everybody. Would you like to join me with kisses, Larissa? Okay, sure. <laughs> All right, here come the kisses. We love you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and stay until the end. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul
Take a sip from the drip of the nectar From the source of who you are Yeah, yeah 